Keith Barry, for those of you who don't know, one of the world's leading TV hypnotists, mentalists, brain hackers. <laughs> He's just kicked off a brand new tour called Mind Games. It's heading to a town near you over the next few months. In fact, I'll tell you what, before I even talk to him, I'll give you some of those. Because the 21st of January in two weeks' time, it's Mullingar Arts Centre. And then the February dates are Limerick's Line 3 Theatre, the Helix in Dublin, Sligo's Hawkswell and Dublin's Gaiety Theatre. That'll be 10, 11, 24 and 25. And then the TLT Andrada at uh, 10th of March and Dublin Civic Theatre on the 25th of March. I've got all that right. It's great. I don't, I don't have to overplug, so no, I love that. No, I was just going to say, that's the reason the you're here, so get out. Yeah, yeah. It's done. Thanks, we're done. <laughs> we're done. Um, okay, sorry, where are we? Yeah, where, like, what's, like, I mean, I've got your book here in my right mm. hand. I was flicking through channels last night and I saw your programme on TV yeah. and all the rest. So, where's Keith Barry in the first week? Oh, sorry, wait a minute, starting out the second week of 2023. Yeah, well, it's, it's actually an interesting question. So, like, most of my work, I'd say, well, not most, half of my work now is kind of in the corporate world. So, uh, jumping on planes, to be honest. So, this week I go to Switzerland for an event uh, then two weeks time I've gone down to Magettigan's in Dubai uh, gigging down there it's just gigging all the time back in the live world and, and it's a mixed bag of stuff you know for me some of it is motivational some of it is pure entertainment so obviously the, the, the tour that I'm doing now is just pure fun uh, escapism uh, but the one work that I'm doing with uh, corporations is uh, employee motivation using the kind of brain hacking skills and whatnot, and the hypnosis skills um, but look just loving being out there and performing and, uh, and working you know because like when I came across your first many many years ago it was like I never thought of the motivation or, mm. or the mindfulness or the whatever it is have you kind of slipped into that or is that just part is, is it a proper kind of tributary of what you do anyway yeah, yeah that's a good way to put it it's a good tributary of, of what I do so look, if we backtrack real quick like I got a magic set when I was five so I'll give you yeah. the 30 second version right magic set when I was five that, I got into magic then but when I was 14 I got my first hypnosis book um, and I tell a story about how I hypnotised David Burke in the Irish class which is true and he ended up getting detention he's now a, I gave him the hypnosis book he learned hypnosis he's now a professional hypnotherapist in Waterford really yeah and uh, so the two of us learned hypnosis side by side for many years and then uh, I studied psychology when my wife was in college and I actually studied officially science but I was studying her psychology books and ultimately I trained under Tony Sadar uh, with hypnotherapy oh. and I trained with him when I was 21 Tony's still working he's 82 working out of his office in Cabin Tealy. um so it is a natural tributary so if you if you like flip back to the days of Paul Golden who was Ireland's yeah. kind of foremost hypnotist uh, like he segued into motivation and all that stuff so for what I do uh, it was always going to happen anyway I will say I think COVID kind of fast-tracked that for me because when COVID happened, I flipped online and I did a lot of work online. Um, and now, look, touch wood, uh, I'm working with companies in America and all over Europe uh, on different things. It's, so, it's all mindset, of course. Okay, you know? so if you say a lot of the stuff is fun, a lot of the stuff, like just say Switzerland or corporate or whatever, mm. it is really to do with kind of trying to make people feel a bit better about their lives, is it? Yes, yeah, so there's a lot of we'll just put it out there right let's be honest with each other right because we know each other a long time and I'm going to take this as like a, almost like a private conversation there's a lot of celebrities out there doing mindfulness meditation and mindset and that's great right there's nothing wrong with it but I find quite a lot of what's out there is technically virtue signaling right and and it's I think it's just to get likes and shares uh, but for me like if I cut back to studying hypnosis when I was 20 or 21 I really want to get inside people's subconscious minds and, and that's my speciality is to teaching people how to take control of their 
their anxiety, their fears, uh, and also to bring them towards peak performance. And that, for me, all comes from habits, and habits have to be ingrained subconsciously. Um, and that's what I do with people. So I teach them how to get inside their own heads, get inside their subconscious minds. And you can kind of do a lot more than what people think with the subconscious mind. You can dump dopamine in at certain times, you can dump adrenaline in, but it requires training, and mindset training is, is where I'm at, you know. Um, is that what you'll be doing on this tour over the next few months around Ireland, or uh, without necessarily telling me exactly what's going to happen? Because mm. I know you're not giving away anything. <laughs> but uh, will there be elements of that? Like, there's so, only one element. the tools you will use? No, there's only one element of those tools in the current tour. You know what was fascinating? Is I, I toured last year, and it was a bit messy because we had to postpone gigs and all the rest because, look, we won't talk about it, but COVID, right? So uh, I started off in uh, the pavilion down here on Friday, and what was brilliant was, for the first time in years, uh, there was families coming yeah. to the show um, because it is family friendly so the first thing is uh, Mind Games is family friendly and it was lovely to see like parents with like you know 12 year old kids there but then there was people in their 20s all the way up to their 90s so I had a full mixed audience there so that was nice to see and it is Mind Games is to just escape your everyday lives enter into a world where anything and everything can happen and ultimately um, it is me playing games with people's minds so it's just fun 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 there is one element where I give people a tidbit a brain hack if you like to actually apply to their everyday lives but that's only kind of like four minutes of, of like a two and a half hour experience you know so it's just fun 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 uh, I will say this I put up a thousand euros for grabs every single night for the skeptics I love skeptics I'm a skeptic myself so I encourage skeptics to come and see can they grab the thousand euros so the concept of it concept is can they beat the brain hacker and if they beat the brain hacker they walk away with a thousand euros and do they usually um, well they didn't Friday night right. so Friday night was opening night but I have lost money on stage before as a matter of fact right. this very famous uh, one that's up online you can find kind of grainy footage from years ago where I failed on stage in the Olympian in an escape I actually passed out on stage because I was trying to get out of a hundred foot of rope and my head was wrapped in cling film but anyway ultimately the two guys who tied me up the concept was can I get out of the, this rope in less time than they tied me up in and if I didn't I'd pay them 500 euros each so they were like you know really wanted to, to take on this competition I, element uh, and I failed and the two guys walked around to the side door at the end of the show and uh, they got they won I mean they won the game they beat me they beat the brain hacker so it can be one it can be one it's a fair game of, but of course my job is to manipulate people not to win the cash you know right is it now uh, oh, just as I'm, I might as well still have it in my hand here everyday mind magic for creating the life you want Keith Barry anything is possible when you put your mind to it it's called brain hacks the, the actual book now this is a couple of years old now at this stage mm. of the game but um, what was this like I mean is this was, did this do you go, oh look he's a published author let's bring him yeah look do you know what it was nice to get a book published I'm not a natural author I will say that so I find it a very painful process to sit down and put my thoughts on paper so I found that a very difficult project if you like um, but I do think look you know again I, I think we have to take accountability for our mindset I think there's too much uh, too many people out there just going to doctors and uh, doctors don't really know what they're doing when it comes to the mindset that's just being straight with you so I know I know. I was, I was talking earlier on to your researchers like I deal a lot one to one with people and I know a lot of millionaires who are very very anxious and depressed behind the scenes just pill popping um, but I believe that if people educate themselves like at least just start with education educate yourselves on the subconscious mind what you can do and I just say this program your mind or it'll be programmed for you there's no other way 
So either you're going to be programmed by external forces or you can programme your mindset yourself. And, that's and do we all well. have the tools within us now, Keith, to programme that mind? You're just going to mine those tools and show them where we show us where they yeah, are? Yeah, th- well, a lot of people don't have the tools, but, you know, they have the capability for sure. So we all have a mind. We all have a subconscious mind. And, you know, there is ways that you can hack it naturally. Um, and I always say to people, you have to commit to like 30 days. So, for example, people listening to this now, you know, just take 15 minutes every single day for 30 days. If you commit to 30 days, it'll work. It can't not work. This is what I say to people if you do it correctly. You just five minutes, you relax your physical body. Five minutes, you focus on your breath. So six, three, six, I call it. Inhale for six seconds, hold for three, exhale for six. And what happens here? Here's what happens. Ultimately, you go into an alpha, theta brainwave state, which is kind of a, a childlike state, if you like. And that's the sweet spot you need to be in in order to hack into your subconscious mind. So then you visualize on a screen in your head. So you imagine a screen on your head and you visualize whatever it is you want to visualize, whether that's you more confident, whether it's climbing a mountain, whether it's going to the gym, whatever you need to commit to, whatever goals or dreams you have. And here's what will happen. The neurology of your brain will take over. You'll create new neural pathways. They'll wire together. They'll fire together. And in the background, quietly in the background, when you're going about your everyday lives, your subconscious just mind will be activated and problem solving for you and that's how it works that's obviously a condensed version of it but ultimately if you do that just for 30 days and I get texts and emails from people every single day who've done that and their lives have changed forever you know so a quarter of an hour a day for a month that's it 15 minutes for a month okay just so many other things like you I mean you are one of the world's leading TV hypnotist mentalist brain hacker persons etc you've been on everything from the Keith Barry experience which is the, that was a repeat programme last night Hypnotise Me aired in the US the ITV hit you're back in the room I remember some years back the big stuff was flying over to meet um, Woody Harrelson and all the rest yeah, of them yeah. for the movies what do, you, what do you call the movie Now You See Me Now You See Me one yeah. and two yeah yeah, they were great movies so yeah. what, did you sit Woody down and say this is how to do it well on number one I predominantly worked with Woody Harrelson uh, mm. so teaching him how to act like a hypnotist and, and a mentalist uh, and the, the actions and the language we would use but then on number two I actually worked from day zero with Ed Solomon who was the writer of the movie and, and that was great because I got to input all of my ideas into, into number two you know but when I see Woody on the screen, mm. he seems to do what is meant to be done. Yeah. I mean, did he really, did he have your skills at the end of all this? Yeah. Would, would he be able to do what you can do? So here's a funny story. What? So two so two things, one of which you can see online. So one time I was having dinner with him and Mark Ruffalo and he hypnotised Mark and stuck Mark's hand to the dinner table. So here's the interesting thing now afterwards, right? So now Mark tells a story that he wasn't hypnotised, that he was playing along. Woody's convinced that he, he was hypnotised and I actually believe that he was genuinely hypnotised. But look, park that aside for a moment. The second thing that happened, I was actually on set of David Letterman with Woody. Woody was going on as a guest. Yeah. And I taught Woody a, a trick, basically using a couple of books, right? And there were books that I'd given Woody. Now, they weren't trick books. They were just books, though, that he could rehearse with. So he was used to doing with these books. Letterman, before the show, challenged Woody to do it with his books. So now with, I had... To, with Letterman's books. With Letterman's books. Right. So I had to kind of redevelop the effect. So I brought Woody into the toilet on set, right, over there. Uh, taught him this new thing with, with Letterman's books. And people can Google that online. If you Google it online, and I'm going to leave you in a secret that I've never told anybody genuinely. If you Google it online, you can see Woody Harrelson on David Letterman and he destroys Letterman's mind. So he was doing what I do and he was doing it for real. But at one point, Woody strokes his chin, right? So he strokes his chin. That is me in secret communication with Woody Harrelson on set. So I was like, 
okay, have you got me, Woody? And Woody was scratching his you chin. You had an eye line, did you? No, I didn't have an eye line oh. to him. But I was backstage oh, and, and yeah. I, I didn't have an earpiece in him either. So he'd know, we, we didn't have direct communication, but there's an indirect coding system, is the way I'll put it. So in other, and it was really only to make, it was kind of a backup for if yeah. Letterman, yeah. Letterman's not kind to magicians. David Blaine never went on Letterman because he just wouldn't go on because Letterman likes to destroy magicians. And he didn't care about Woody either. He wanted to destroy Woody. But anyway, the, the trick went well and Woody destroyed Letterman's mind. So yeah, Woody can do tricks and mental Okay, but hold on. At, just, just going back to what, one thing you said there on that anecdote. At dinner with Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Maybe you did the Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe you superseded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I did a crazy thing with Jesse Eisenberg one time actually where I did real muscle reading as well. All of these people you mentioned now are in these movies. Now yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and I did this because Jesse is a bit of a sceptic and uh, and then basically I did this thing where yeah, we're on set. playing Mark Zuckerberg? I, I, I've never seen that. Which really? Oh, yeah. It's brilliant. The social yeah. network. I, and Jesse's like just a really interesting character but ultimately anyway on set I said think of any one of these thousand objects on set and it took about ten minutes but through the thousands of objects I led him over to the one object he was thinking of and then he was like oh my god I can't believe this you're actually real and that was his reaction which is what I wanted but actually the more fascinating part was Morgan Freeman because Morgan Freeman <laughs> challenged me to hack his brain and I actually have a photograph of it um, and that made me really nervous look you and I have been around celebrities for many years I don't get nervous around celebrities but I got really nervous around him because he's just got this aura about him and at the end of the day I was a huge fan of his as well but I told him about a childhood friend of his called Boo Boo that he hadn't thought about in 30 years and he lost his mind which was great to see you know Okay you just mentioned there who uh, Jesse Eisenberg mm. you just, uh, like when you say you led him over like yeah. look there's a thousand objects and you is that what is that really the basis of it all that you make him go for the thing that you No, to... so No no that's good <laughs> I, sometimes I do do that right yeah. but no with this particular thing that I did with Jesse uh, it's called the idiomotor response so basically the idiomotor response is scientific every thought that we have transmutes into a physical reaction sometimes those physical reactions are really minute now he didn't know I was doing this I took him by the wrist and I said don't give me any physical clues at all just focus on the object in your head and but what I was actually doing genuinely I was holding on to his pulse he didn't know so when I was bringing him towards the object or in certain different areas of the room I was reading his pulse because his pulse was going up and down I was also feeling his for, uh, you know different uh, signals in his uh, body with like his uh, muscle reaction so it's called the idi idiomotor response it's a scientific thing uh, but with him he knew like I hadn't used any actual trickery to do this yeah, like yeah. it was actually real in uh, of itself you know uh, which was great to see with him you know Okay by the way we are talking here with uh, Keith as in Keith Barry that is and uh, he's playing a bunch of gigs or doing a bunch of gigs or doing a bunch of things but he's not telling us exactly what's going to happen at them and I'll just give you those again before I give them at the end as well the Mullingar Art Centre in two weeks from today and then it's uh, Limerick Lime Tree Theatre on 10th of February the 11th of February is the Helix in Dublin and then two days later in February Sligo's Hawkswell 24 Dublin's Gaiety 25 and the TLT Drawdown on the 10th of March and Dublin Civic Theatre on the 25th of March. Now, um, just with all, like there's so many different, the TED Talk business. Mm. I mean, what the hell? Keith Barry TED Talk, right? It's called Brain Magic. You have over 25 million views. You've been in the top 25 TED Talks since 2008. <laughs> I know, it's mad. Yeah, it I, is I, mad, actually. I still yeah. laugh about it because it's, it's a bit of a weird thing. By the thing. way, 51552 if you, if you have a question for Keith. It's a bit of a weird thing because... Uh, actually, know, don't bother texting him. He knows what the question is. Already. <laughs> yeah, how do you do it? What's the lottery numbers? That's tell. what you're going to get. <laughs> But but uh, but it's kind of interesting because since I did the TED Talk, it's only a number of years ago they brought in TEDx. So a lot of people do what's called a TEDx, but that's a subsidiary of TED. So like, I'm still actually like genuinely just quite proud that uh, of the actual fact that it's uh, I've been in the top 25 TED Talks of all time since 2008. How many have you done? 
so I did two actually two. TED Talks. The and other one, the other one I've never seen. Really? So where do you do it? Somewhere. Where does that take place? Oh, so it's Monterey in California. Right, yeah. So so a real TED Talk, we'll call it, right? So the, 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 an actual TED Talk has to take place in Monterey in California. They might have moved it somewhere around there since, right. um, but it was weird because Bill Gates was in the audience of that and all these big wigs, uh, and I was just like, I was only a kid with blonde spiky hair. You, you probably play saw a few mind games with him. Yeah, well, yeah. Where's he, the money? He, need, he needs a few now, doesn't he? Um, but yeah, like it was a fascinating experience because the top minds in the world in technology, entertainment and design, that's what it stands for. Uh, I'd love to do another one now, you know what I mean? Because obviously, look, back then, I, I don't think I really knew what I was doing, but uh, but somehow got a lot of views. So and working great. with the kind of world-class athletes that you have and the business people and the influencers and the actors, to, I suppose you assist them, in, assist them in unleashing their subconscious potential, I suppose. And, you know, Keith Earls and Rory Best, you mentioned Woody Harrelson, uh, actors, etc. It's good to work with the sports people, is it? I love working with they sports need all the help they can get. Well, well, I, I think people realise now it's all about getting the 1% on the opposition because, like, you know, if you take, like, Ireland and New Zealand now, they're so close as teams, yeah. it really is about who's got the edge. And if you want the edge, it comes back down to mindset. Um, so I love working with athletes because they're very good at visualising naturally. So they are already on track with the, the, the techniques that I use. Uh, but look, Earlsy, when he came to me, uh, I just said, well, what do you want? And, uh, and it, it took a while. I did this thing where I go 10 layers deep into somebody's purpose uh, because a lot of people just say, you know, I'll be a better player or whatever. But it turns out after I went 10 layers deep with him, he wanted to win uh, Player's Player of the Year. So I worked with him for a year and then he won Player's Player of the Year a year later. With Rory Best, there was a couple of different things. But like, for example, uh, even down to sleep, uh, because I know that athletes are about 20% more prone to injury if they don't get seven hours unbroken sleep a right. night. Uh, and he wasn't a good sleeper. So I fixed that straight away. Um, and even now, he talks about the fact that he still uses, because I, uh, I create audios for them that they have to listen to afterwards as part of the, their homework, we'll call it. Uh, but he still uses the audio now, I believe, to go to sleep every night because um, I helped fix that using... I mean, like, uh, like I've got these first things I got from Netflix of the of this new program. Have you seen you know, uh, Drive to Survive? The, no. The, the, well, Drive to Survive is the formula one one which everybody okay. loves I, I haven't watched it either but they're, they're doing it with every sport now because it was so successful with golf and rugby etc <clears> but I got the tennis one and uh, like every second thing would seem to be the head it's nothing to do with it like we all know you can play brilliant tennis but when you're in that big huge arena in a grand slam final kind of thing it's who's got the better head well I was looking at um, I think it was Andre Agassi just uh, was on a, uh, an Instagram reel or something uh, but he noticed and he never told him that Boris Becker's tongue used to stick out and, and that was a tell it was like a poker tell if you like uh, right before his serve like literally millisecond before yeah. his serve and he only told him like 20 years later I knew every time where you are going to hit the ball and when you were going to hit the ball based on that tell so I talk about that to people as well um, non-verbal communication tells so important uh, because still we know scientifically about 30% maybe 40% of our communication is non-verbal so I talk to people well, about why? what does that say about Nadal who's got about 16 different things pulling things out of his backside and uh, <laughs> both his shoulders and everything else. Well, yeah, I haven't studied locked. him, but I did study, yeah. like, you know, the likes of Bill Clinton touched his nose uh, 18 times when he kept saying that, I, you know, uh, in his deposition with Monica Lewinsky, uh, and your nose becomes engorged with blood when you're lying. So anybody who's looking for lie detection skills, here's two for you. One, if somebody keeps touching their nose, it's the nose is engorged with blood, they're probably lying to you, and asymmetrical shoulder shrugs uh, are fantastic. Simple so. to tell if somebody's lying. Their pants are on fire. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so let's take a look at a few other things here. The Jim 
Jimmy Kimmel show, Ellen DeGeneres, you've done Conan O'Brien, all of these things. And you've, you've brain-hacked a lot of celebrities from uh, Nicole Stressinger to Morgan Freeman, you mentioned as well. Bono, what, you, what did you do to him? I look, yeah, I've, been, I've been kind of on the fringes of you two for many, many years now. Yeah. And look, uh, I, like, I really like the lads. Uh, I, I remember I, one of the first times I saw you was some kind of a party for the organisation. You were, you were doing all these things with card tricks where mm. like, suddenly I say, well, where's the card? I can't see it. And it's stuck on the window outside four yeah, yeah. up. Yeah, so... Is like, that an old one, is it? It is an old one, but it's a good one still. It's a brilliant. But, but, but I, uh, I started my career, if you like, in Dublin, in the Kitchen Nightclub. Yeah. So I basically blagged my way into the Kitchen Nightclub, and Bono the Lads owned it, so they used to be in there a lot. Um, so I started performing for them there, and I think it was Bono's uh, 50th birthday. Um, I went in and did that. So um, I think, like, the funnest time that I had... Um, not, I don't think I'm telling any secrets here. It was uh, he invited me to a dinner party in the house, mm. and he he gave me a lovely introduction himself, and he opened up the drawing room doors, and I was kind of a surprise for the evening. So the edge was there, uh, and Colin Farrell was there with his sister. And it was just nice, like to do this kind of private event. Um, and I remember, like, I, I did this crazy thing with Colin Farrell, where I touched Colin's shoulder twice, and Bono was on the other side of the room with his eyes closed, and he felt the touches that I was doing on Colin. So he was freaking out. Uh, and I got a standing O in Bono's house. So there you go to get to it. I was, just, I was so happy I got a standing O from like twelve people. So right. it was really nice. You know? <laughs> Very good. Okay, so like, I mean, for instance, when you look at the book and you look at the chapters, and just getting back to the more mind stuff kind of thing, you, you have, like they are headed with certain words like confidence, the ability to deceive yourself to believe in yourself risk when calculated correctly has a high probability of success creativity the ability to create unique ideas using magical thinking resilience positivity the practice of living a magical life through a positive mindset I mean people have read this and said what to you at the end of it all have they said like this is it thank you it's done Nick. yeah it's been a variety of responses really I'm, I'm mostly uh, if not all positive uh, I tell you the one really nice story that I just got recently was uh, this woman who said um she bought her brother the book and he was in the hospital uh, and he was he was dying and uh, and she said he died with my book in his hands reading a chapter he actually right. died and then she said to cope with that I knew that there was a chapter on resilience and she said I knew my brother wouldn't mind I took the book back and I read the chapter on resilience and she said it's really I mean it's making the hair stand up my hand here uh, she said it's really helped me through the death of my brother so to just to impact people at all I'll tell you why I wrote the book I wrote the book in my head I was like you know what do I really want left behind for my kids and I was like you know what kind of a little legacy could I do for them and, and that's why I wrote the book is just that maybe down the line when they're adults uh, if they have a challenging moment in their life they might open the book they might find a chapter that just resonates with them um, and that's it and if somebody can just get one thing out of the book that might help them through a day that's really what the book is about and you know? like, like, what's the future for you over the next couple of years mm. like, I mean, is it always learning more yeah. always getting more out of everything that you already have the basis for the foundation of yeah I have, I have what I call infinite curiosity right and I love the power of the subconscious mind I still love magic and I love mentalism yeah. and, uh, and I like doing a variety of things I get bored easily uh, but I don't give myself time to get bored so for example this Thursday I've got a, a motivational seminar that I'm doing with C-suite executives um, it's just 20 of them uh, in Barberstown Castle and then uh, corporate work but I think down the line probably two things so one is I want to do more television again uh, whether that's homegrown television or abroad I'm going to be going back to the US a lot uh, this year um, and then and then the second thing is 
just to keep developing the motivational seminars. I quite like doing those because I do quite like affecting meaningful change in people. Um, so I'll probably do one of those for the public. The corporate later this world year. motivational stuff is mm. becoming huge, isn't it? Yeah, it was always big, but I think it's bigger than ever now because companies are struggling uh, with employee uh, retention. And look, let's face it, we're in, we're in a kind of a mental health crisis right now. So companies are trying to fix that internally and they're trying to find the right fix. And sometimes I'm a right fix, sometimes I'm not. But I always say to people, you got to find a fix for yourself. Um, you know, I, I have this saying, uh, you know, I know people mean... Uh, it, it feels good to say it's it's not okay to not be okay. Or sorry, it's okay to not be okay. Okay, I understand that. But I sometimes say, well, it's, it's not okay to not be okay all the time. Yeah. You have to fix yourself. We have to take self accountability, and we have to understand that that we can live a life of more positivity than negativity. I don't like happy clapping, right? So I'm not a happy clapper. I'm telling you now. The ethos for me is to have more positive days than negative days, have more good days than bad days. And if you can get that balance right, you can kind of have a happy life. That's Sounds it. Sounds like you a know? good ending, all right. Good on yourself, Keith, and long may you continue and flourish. Mullingar Arts Centre next Sunday week. It's uh, Limerick's Lime Tree Theatre, the Helix in Dublin, Sligo's Hawkswell, it's uh, Dublin's Gaiety. That's four dates in February. And then March is the 10th of March, the TLT in Drogheda, and then Dublin Civic Theatre on the 25th of March. It is the Mind Games Tour. What's it about? He won't tell us. Yes, yeah, so, well, you never said why I won't tell you, because I want to inject mystery back in what I do right so the, I want to keep the content of the, the the show a secret but look real quick I know we've got 10 seconds left for old time's sake for you Dave I brought a deck of cards there's a big black X on it there's a big black X there on is. it for a reason right uh, one card I don't want to put my hand through a spike again no do you I? don't you know, I, I jumped off a bungee cord with him one time uh, with a right. sword in my that's hand that's right that was in the audience uh, and that was a card yeah. trick yeah. Uh, yeah. but, I, uh, but I, there's one card reverse the X is there for a reason I've put a card inside your head. Now, I know you're probably a sceptic and you're thinking you don't believe it, but name the card that's in your head out loud. Name it out. Not the Joker. It's not the Joker, Dave. Okay. Name a card this out loud. This is completely real, by the way. So, yeah. uh, the Seven of Spades. Now, do you want to change your mind? Later no, why do you want me to change no, my no. mind? But later on tonight, you'll wonder what would have happened if you changed your mind. Do you want to change your mind? No. No, I told you the X is important. Seven of Spades, yeah? Yeah. Now, look, there's a big black X on the Queen of Hearts there at the front of the deck. There there's a reason for that because I destroyed a deck of cards for this. Look, there's a big black X through all of the cards. Every yeah. single card, there's one card reversed, but every other card is destroyed. They are fully destroyed, right? No. There's one card reversed. And Dave, I sent it, you got it. Seven of spades. That's just, like, sorry, okay, okay. Like, I mean, no people can't necessarily see this at home, but believe me, 100%, what in the name of flying bananas was that about? <laughs> How? Okay, goodbye. Kate Barry, good man. Fantastic, Thanks. well done. Dave Fanning on 2FM.